about the study today. Lord, Lord. You ever heard that one? Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name. Lord, Lord, I fed the hungry. Lord, Lord, I did all this, you know. But what does the Apostle Paul say? But if you do all that and you don't have love, you are what? Nothing. Noisy. <laughs> That's all you are. You're just noisy. Lord wants more than that. But, you know, sometimes we don't appreciate how easy faith has come to us because it has come to us easy. It's been part of our culture for centuries. It's been part in some of our families. It's been in our families for centuries. Um, and we, we just, it just kind of has come to us. And therefore, we take it for granted. We don't take it as seriously as we should. Several years ago, I was at the Abilene Christian University in Abilene, Texas uh, lectureship. And they had a speaker. His name was Sal Solomon. And what made Sal's lecture so compelling was that it was not a lecture. It was his personal testimonial of how God had transformed his life. As Sal introduce, was introduced, we were all asked to turn off our cell phones, put away our cameras. The news media was invited out of the hall because Sal had some reasons that he needed to hide his identity from the greater world. And as you hear the story, you'll see what they are. Sal was raised in a different land than the land he lived in at that time, which was England. And though he never mentioned it, pretty soon you figured out he was talking about the Middle East. He had been raised a devout uh, Muslim in a devout Islamic family. He was an up-and-coming religious leader in his 20s when his zeal for God and Islam brought him the conviction that he needed to prove Islam against the infidel Christians. And he asked his religious leader why they didn't debate Christians. But he was told, no, no, don't worry about that. It's not necessary to debate Christians. Well, not satisfied with that, he determined to take up the cause himself. He knew a Christian in the community that he lived in, and he approached him, and he asked him to tell him why you're a Christian. And the man refused to do that, because in that country, to proselytize, meaning share your faith with someone else, uh, especially a Muslim, was illegal. He could have gotten thrown into jail and worse. But Sal persisted, and eventually the man gave him a New Testament. But Sal had to hide this, because technically it was illegal even for him to have a copy of the New Testament. After weeks of hiding it, he had a week where all the men in this religious community he was a part of were away except for him. And he had a week to pull that out and start reading it. And this week is what changed his life. He related as he stood before us how he would read a passage and then he would just have to throw the book against the wall. Um, you know, he would say to himself that he would not read it, but then he'd have to pick it up and start reading it again. The Jesus of the Quran and the Jesus of the New Testament were so different. And it was tearing his world apart. In the Quran, Jesus was simply a prophet who pointed the way to the future prophet, Muhammad. In the New Testament, he was the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the very Son of God. At the end of this period, 
all those in his community were called into a general meeting uh, with the lead mullah and asked to report on their activities during the past week. Sal still was very shaken by this experience he had had, and he didn't really want to answer any questions. So he didn't know what to tell them. So instead, uh, he said, he asked them a further question about debating Christians and, and engaging them in dialogue. Uh, even that didn't go over very well. He said the mullah began going, I sniff heresy in the room. And uh, all of a sudden, the whole room erupted in the, in the chant, Al-Akbar, Al-Akbar, God is great. And Muhammad is his prophet. Sal said he just sat there in fear for his life. And in his mind, he said a quick prayer. And the prayer was, Jesus, if you are who the New Testament says who you are, get me out of here. <laughs> he said immediately, the mullah sat down and ordered all of them out of the room. Sal said he was still not ready to call Jesus Lord, but he now believed that he had power. Eventually, Sal met briefly with one Christian leader who gave him the whole Bible. And it was hard to read the Old Testament and see Jews in any other light than as a hated enemy. Yet here it was. They were chosen by God. His whole world was shaken. And though he did not know what he was, he knew that he was no longer a Muslim. So out of respect for his father and family, he confessed to his father that he had been reading the Bible and that he was no longer a Muslim. Well, his father gave him a chance to recant and be forgiven of this blasphemy, but he couldn't. So his father did what was required to keep honor for the family, and he disowned him, and he turned him over to the religious authorities. The next week, he was arrested by the state security force. He was questioned for 17 weeks, and his failure to recant um, or tell him the names of Christians that he had met, uh, because of that, he was stripped of his citizenship. An international fatwa, or death sentence, was placed upon him, and because of this, was why we had to put away our cameras, our cell phones, and the media had to be invited out of the room. Today, Sal is a Christian leader. He's a lawyer, also, who consults on Islamic law with governments around the world. But his journey began with the honest zeal to be pleasing to God. And he, God took that, and he used that to build a bridge to Jesus Christ. You know, in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 12, we read that the word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It certainly did that for Sal. Even though it cost him everything. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 44 through 46, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold everything that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, 
he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. You know, with little human encouragement, Sal gave up everything that he had to follow Jesus Christ. With just the testimony of the written word, Sal's life was transformed from someone who was an enemy of the cross to someone who became a champion of it. You know, like the Apostle Paul, known as Saul at the time, went from being a persecutor of the church to one who was persecuted for the sake of the name of Jesus Christ. Sal made that kind of transformation. But that causes me to reflect upon myself, upon us, as we enter this year of 2017. I, I can't help compare myself to Sal's experience. You know, he had a death sentence on him simply because he would not say that Jesus Christ was not Lord. Yet he still shares the gospel publicly. He takes precautions so that they can't zero in on him, but he is not shy about speaking in front of large groups of people, telling them his story. And yet, here we are. We have no death sentences out against us. We have no active persecution against us. We have freedom on our side. We have opportunity on our sides. We have means on our side. And yet, we hold back, don't we? We hesitate to share the gospel of Jesus Christ at more than a very superficial level. What holds us back? Why do we who have so many versions of the Bible, so many ways to study the Bible, so many resources to draw from, fail to be transformed, and yet somebody like Sal, who just has a New Testament, is transformed and changed by Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Did you catch that? Do not be conformed anymore to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I think the difference too often is that we are not, by nature, sacrificial people. Sal had already given his life to God. Not God as he truly is, but God as he understood him. He gave himself, just like the Apostle Paul, had great zeal for the Lord. He already had made that turn. He had that great zeal. He was willing to sacrifice. Maybe that is what made it so that he, once he came to the conviction of who Jesus Christ was, he could himself sacrifice. He already knew the meaning of it. We're not into it. I think when it comes down to it, our culture, and we are all swimming in that culture, our culture believes that we can have our cake and eat it too. We can 
sin all we want and we can get all the forgiveness we want all in one big package we can do the minimal amount and get the maximal benefit um, in our spiritual life just as we like to try to do in our physical life but the process becomes that because of that because we're not willing to sacrifice we often believe we can get something for nothing and the reality is you can't and instead so many of us become enslaved to our our credit card bills our cost for vacations our cost for cars our cost for everything else comes first instead of the lord being first i appreciated brian's comments at the offering today you know give god the first fruits let him have the stuff up front don't give him the leftovers don't give him the damaged goods give him the unblemished stuff what comes off the top give him yourself first as well not just giving the lord what is left over of your schedule of your time of your energy but set that aside first for him god calls us to find our life by losing it to be first by being last to humble ourselves in order for us to be lifted up and only then will we be holy and therefore pleasing to God now this goes against the pattern of this world doesn't it uh, the pattern of this world which is so into pleasing itself um, the, the 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 term their world in this passage might be better translated age meaning the present worldly system you know Paul was looking at his worldly system matter of fact he said that it's you know the the principalities of these of this earth are out there and those principalities are out there uh, they're the governmental functions they are the, the the cultural forces that are at work in this world they are not what we are to model ourselves after we are to follow the pattern anybody any ladies ever made dresses i never have but i've done some woodworking you know in woodworking you have a pattern and i've seen ladies make dresses you know you put you lay the pattern out on the on the cloth right and then you cut around the pattern so we can't let our let this world set the pattern for us we have to let jesus be the pattern for us and you think about jesus life was jesus life all about him doing whatever he wanted to do getting all the you know gusto out of life he could grab it wasn't was it he came to do his father's will he came to be obedient even to death on the cross he was about sacrifice and we are to be transformed into his image and that doesn't happen overnight and we will stumble and we will fall and we will mess up i fully admit to my mess ups <laughs> we do it thank god for his grace thank god for what we have in jesus christ because otherwise we would not be pleasing to god but through him we are but we must continue to allow ourselves to be transformed because it's only then that we can really achieve the full potential that God wants us to have. Indeed, some hesitate at getting in deeper into our spiritual walk with God. Uh, you know, in the past we've done these 40 days uh, studies and we've had, uh, you know, suggestion, not a requirement, just a suggestion that you maybe take one meal a day and not eat maybe even take 
uh, two meals or even a day and just fast and use that time. And boy, I tell you what, the kickback I got from some people, you're wanting, I can't, I'm not going to skip a meal. <laughs> I can't skip a meal. Some people I understand can't. Um, I, I understand that. But some people can, they just won't. Um, if we have struggles with something that really small, how are we going to get even deeper into the Lord? I think we all, and I, and I include myself in this, as we enter this new year, we need to take the time to really do some self-examination and ask the Lord to take away those things that are getting in our way from truly following him, uh, helping us to understand better how we can be pleasing to him. Help us to understand how things like fasting, things like taking time out to pray and have quiet time are symbols, symbols that help us to be drawn in the direction of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Helping to get his message of love and good news out of our head into our hearts, where from, where from there it can go into our hands and can be shared with the world around us. You see, it's not enough to just say, Lord, Lord, I like you. You're a good guy. It's not enough to go through the correct motions. Showing up at church alone won't save you. God wants all of you. He wants your heart. He wants your soul. He wants your mind. And he wants your strength, your body. He wants all of you. And what's the good news is that when you give him all of yourself, he gives you back so much more. So much more. We have an opportunity in this new year to do more than just say, Lord, Lord. To do more than just go through the motions. We have the chance to be changed. We have the chance to be recreated, to be redirected, to be rejuvenated for better service for God and for a fuller life. For this to happen, we have to place ourselves under the tutelage of God's word and let his spirit form and shape us into his will. And you never know who will be touched by the transformation that takes place in our own lives. The speaker that I began this talking about, Sal Solomon, related that at the uh, end of his father's life, just before he died, he got a letter from him. In the letter, he never really identifies him by name or calls him son, but he wrote this, I know who you are and believe you serve the living God. So even his father who turned him in for turning his back on Islam, in the end, admitted that he served the living God. Let me ask you a question as we end out our time this morning. Who are you serving today? We may say, Lord, Lord, but does our life serve as witness to our words? when we fail to be transformed in our living for Jesus Christ, um, then life becomes difficult. When we, when we 
fail to transform, we, we don't become what the Lord intends us to be. I, I used to love it as a kid uh, growing up in Hawaii when my dad was stationed there. Um, whenever there was a good storm, we just knew all the little puddles that were out there. And you could just watch in days, you could watch these tadpoles just develop and pretty soon, you know, and hop away. It was just amazing. Um, you know, so you can, you can take a tadpole, and if you take that tadpole before it's developed properly, and you throw it out on the dry ground, what happens to that tadpole? Dies. But if that tadpole goes through the transformation, then what happens? They hop out on the ground. The ground becomes their natural habitat. If we will allow the Lord to transform us into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, then this spiritual reality that we sometimes are so afraid of becomes our natural environment. And wherever we go, we need not fear anything. For the Lord has made us and equipped us uh, to be able to handle anything that comes along. It's time for us to get serious about our Christian walk. It's time for us to be transformed. We need to get out of the pond and out into the fullness of God's kingdom. We must reach beyond our limited perspective and ask God to reveal his infinite vision to us so that we can see where we fit in and we can see how to draw others in to this beautiful, wonderful Savior that we have. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we long to be transformed, but so often sin and doubt and worry it holds us back, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you will strike away those barriers. Lord, we know you already have. You've already broken down the dividing wall of hostility through your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to believe that. Help us to dedicate our lives to that. Help us to put it all on the line for you, trusting that you will pick us up even from the clutches of death itself, as you did Sal. And you will make us your servants and help us to be better witnesses for you in our daily life. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for your grace and mercy given to us through him. And we pray, Lord, that we will extend that grace to others. That we will, we will be your hands, your feet, your words of love and hope to this lost and dying generation. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here today and you are not yet a Christian, we always want to give you that opportunity. Uh, today is not the only time you can do that. The Lord's invitation is always open. But one thing we do know for sure is that there is only one way to the Father, and that is through the Son. You can come to the Son today by taking belief in Him and putting feet on it. Do you believe that he is the Son of God, that he was born of the Virgin Mary, as we have just gone through Christmas? Do you believe that he lived on this earth, taught us the way to the Lord, and then suffered, died on the cross, so that our sins could be forgiven, was buried, raised on the third day, and he ever lives at the right hand of the Father? If you believe that, then step out in faith and fully embrace that by confessing him as the Lord, by turning your life over to him in repentance, by being obedient to his command, to be buried in the waters of baptism where you die, spiritually speaking, and you are raised again to live, not by your own power, not by your own understanding, but by the power of the risen 
life of Jesus Christ, a life that is eternal, and therefore we are safe eternally with him. Whatever your need, come to the Lord and be baptized or ask for the prayers of the church. The invitation is yours. Why don't you come as we stand and as we sing?